0: Don't just be a part of the industry, redefine it.
1: Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching, LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps. We are back with another special edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity with Dr. Dan. This is a Mondays with Dan. Hi, Dan.
2: Hi, you doing, Renee?
1: Great. So I'm Renee Small, Cybersecurity Super Recruiter, helping amazing talent get into cybersecurity opportunities and leaders um, hire cybersecurity oper- um, talent. And Dan, do you want to introduce yourself?
2: Sure. Uh, Dr. Dan Shay for Peak Performance Strategies. I help people get competitive edge both personally and in business, in both uh, business and sports. So student athletes, professional athletes, but mostly. People who run businesses and are running their own company, in which everybody is running their own company, incidentally.
1: Everyone is running their own company. And look, Chris is joining us. Let's add him to the party. Woohoo! Whoa. Look who's here.
2: I didn't get the color memo. <laughs> I know.
1: You didn't get the memo. <laughs> so All right, I'll, I'll
2: bring, my, I'll we bring my, my t-shirt. I was old orange t-shirts.
1: <laughs> right. Chris, you want to introduce yourself? We literally just introduced ourselves.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, Chris Fallon, um, senior security consultant and co-host of this podcast.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Right. So today, Dan wanted to talk about all the different mistakes. So Dan, when I first met Dan, Dan said, I sell mistakes. And I think probably like most people, I I, I wondered what, what exactly that is. What do you mean? And I think he probably gets that response when he says it often. And so today our topic is, is there money in mistakes? So Dan, is there money in mistakes?
2: Okay. Uh, I think the thing is, is that part of the objective of everybody who's trying to persuade and influence someone else is the fact that uh, no matter what you say you do, there's a narrative going on in this person's mind as you're talking to them. Uh, that you don't see, it's invisible. But if you say in cybersecurity, uh, they may know what you're talking about, they may not know, but the narrative goes on. The only way you can get through to persuade and influence somebody about your opinion, your idea, is to break that narrative. And so how do you break the narrative? You only have, everybody says 30 seconds. Well, by 30 seconds, they're gone already. Uh, So you really have six seconds. And so is it possible that when you talk, when somebody says to you, what do you do? Say, I'm in cybersecurity, you know, a little bit. And you say, what I really do is sell mistakes. And, if, and that will stop. I guarantee you that will stop your narrative. Who would ever want to buy a mistake? Well, somebody who doesn't want to make one, which is what cybersecurity is all about. And you start very subtly delivering your message where it becomes very, very risky not to deal with you guys. So what are the choices? Do I hire Renee? Do I hire Chris? Or do I try to do this myself? Or go to somebody who doesn't have that kind of background? And how do I determine? Who, is, who, who knows what they need in cybersecurity? Well, when you go to somebody like, hey, you know, she's really saying to you, if you engage me, here are all the things I'm not going to let you do. And that same approach for, forces the discussion with somebody else and the important thing because you know I've mentioned it before I use hypnosis a hybrid hypnosis form to help people really improve their communication and uh, to become competitive and so there's an invisible dynamic that's taking place all the time and and being in touch getting personally getting in touch with these things for yourself becomes important, but it's called short-term discomfort versus long-term regret. That's playing all the time. I may not want to, uh, I may not want to retain Chris, uh, but what I really don't want is to be in 2025 looking backwards, saying, I wish I called Chris. Or when somebody has a recruit, puts together a, a cybersecurity team, you know, d- does it blend? Are they the right people? Do they have the right background? All, all the things that Renee does, do you want to do it with her or without her? So, you know, my, my question is if you want to talk about the big mistakes that people make is, is it that do you do it with somebody who's accomplished or do you train? You know, let's go to the yellow pages and see if we can find somebody who does <laughs> cybersecurity. But again, uh, And then what mistakes do you sell? Now, I open this up to anybody. I'm in the process of writing a book. If you want to communicate with me, I'll tell you what you can do. You make up a list of the mistakes that your clients have made before they became your client. And what it cost them in money, emotion, or reputation. What's the cost of a hit to your company? Uh, Emotion, what's... what? How much sleep do people lose wondering if they're protected? If they're protected from attacks? I don't know. But once it hits the paper or somebody sees that it's going on, they say, am I vulnerable? And reputation is, what's your reputation if you put together a team that isn't effective? Or if you hire a cybersecurity professional who isn't effective? So there's a lot on the line, but the stuff that's on the line is invisible. So what I say to folks is is that, make a list of these mistakes that you've made, that your clients have made before they became your client. These aren't mistakes that you made personally. These are mistakes that your clients have made before they became your client, and what it cost them in money, emotion, and reputation. So I'll give you an example. I have a lawyer, who said to me? Uh, he said, "You know, I have." Uh, he said, "I have a uh, a client uh, who decided to start a partnership on a handshake 15 years ago." Uh, he said that partnership is coming apart now, and they decided not to have any legal documents drawn when they built the when they started a partnership. He said, so right now it's costing my client $350,000 to get out of this partnership that he signed on a handshake. Wow. So what's the risk? And I'm sure everybody, I'm sure that everybody on this call, if we got together and wrote a book on the money and mistakes in cybersecurity, uh, you know, probably be, probably be a, uh, when a or something, I don't know.
0: I, I think you just touch on the point, um, at least for many cybersecurity professionals, they like to highlight what's the risk. And that's where now you start to talk in the language of the business. They want to know dollars, and then they want to know risk and what that likelihood of that risk is going to be. So being able to tell a story in a way that they can understand that
2: is correct. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And putting a putting story together... Uh, with the proper language, one of the things I've talked about is, is that when you use psychologically designed language to put together a pitch or a discussion with somebody, it's different than just going off with your normal uh, industry technological speak. Uh, because you can put out, you can, you can embed commands in language so that people will think about you after you leave. You could You could give a person a suggestion right now, to think about you the next time they go to the beach or the next time they see something. But, but it's, and you know, at the end of the day, none of this, this is influencing with integrity because at the end of the day, all you're trying to do is, is protect somebody. You know, it's like, I don't yell at my kids unless they're running into the street in between two park cars. Then I'm going to yell at them I'm going to grab them by the neck and pull them back. But the point is, is that how do you do that? Now, I have I have five kids, I have twelve grandchildren. I've been through this stuff, <laughs> No, But it's it's uh, but again, you have to bring this back to business. The the thing is that I discover with cybersecurity people, the people I work with privately, is you don't have a lot of time. Stuff never stops coming at you. I said to somebody the other day, they said, What's the challenge in working with cybersecurity people? I said, Well, the first thing is is that they are like They're sitting under Niagara Falls. The water never stops. It never stops. But the point is there are people running other parts of a business who don't have any idea of the risk they're facing. And so part of this is how can you quickly, without this fear, don't be afraid, be afraid. That's not what we're talking about here. It's Mm -hmm. really a calculated risk. But people want to learn from what other people have done. So I say to people, listen, I'll give you a formula. To talk to people about the next job interview you go into you don't want to go in a job interview with your past history with you want to go in with with a strategy that's going to effectively help you move forward but psychologically forward because everybody that you talk to who's recruiting and who's interviewing people have a set of interview questions they know what they're going to ask you but they have no idea how you're going to respond. And so to respond in a creative way that has people thinking about you before they put their head on the pillow. You know, I, I used this example before. I have a lawyer who said to me, Is I'd like you to work with my, my kids to help them with what they're dealing with. I do a lot with student athletes and young, young people in businesses. And uh, he said to me, but I'm going on vacation." And I said, okay, so where are you going? He said, we're going on a cruise to Bermuda. I said, fantastic. I said, but we have a problem. He said, what's the problem? I'm going on vacation. I said, I'm going with you. He said, what do you mean you're coming with me? I said, you're going to be surprised to notice that every time you see an umbrella drink at the bar, you're going to think of me. I said, if there are no umbrellas around, you're going to look for them, and you're going to try to figure where they are. So he laughed. Ha, ha, ha. He came back. He said to me, you came on my vacation with me. He said, I never sat at a bar that I didn't look for an umbrella drink. How do you make that play out? How do you you help this work for you? Because Ray and I talked about this before we got on the call. Every single person on this call is a CEO of their own company. And you have to decide, do I run it like a company or am I looking for a job? Well, uh, I think that's so powerful.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it a powerful food. point, Cam. I mean, I'm sorry, yes, <laughs> Well, <Go laughs> But Dan, that's such a powerful point that everyone is a CEO of their own company. But go ahead.
2: Right. No, I, 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 the fact is, you said something,
0: Chris. I, I was going to say, yeah. So you're the CEO of your own company, and you're always you're always really a consultant. Because you want to be that company's trusted advisor uh, so that when you share knowledge, when you share your insights, they are going to look at you as a trusted source and to take in what you're saying.
2: Right. Right. And, and, and so what gets in the way of that happening? In your experience, what's gotten in the way of happening?
0: For, for me, I think it's not building that trust relationship with those individuals. Um, it's trying to act too fast or to not demonstrate either that you have the skills, the capability, or the knowledge to share that information that you're looking for them to take your advice on.
2: Well, you know, it's, you know, it's like, you said this before, you have to have a good story and the, and a place to get your stories are from previous clients who who made mistakes? Somebody said to me, Who would ever want to buy a mistake? First of all, it takes a lot of courage to say, I really I sell mistakes. I mean, imagine, you know, I sell, and Renee, you do the same thing. You you, you sell mistakes and recruit. Don't pick the wrong person. I'm going to be talking to an intellectual property attorney uh, this afternoon. And uh, my recommendation to him for advertising himself. I said, you should get a t shirt, and on a t shirt, it says, Don't talk to anybody. How <laughs> can I put that on a t shirt? I said, Well, if somebody gets an invention or idea or something creative, if you talk to somebody else before you copyright it and patent it, it can be gone. So don't talk to anybody. He says, But what a statement. I said, So, yes, people. <laughs> the funniest one is I, I did a program, and I do some of these training programs for law firms and accounting firms. I did one from an accounting firm, and uh, I've probably told a story before, but they said to me, we have 40 partners, so take us through your whole process, what you talk about, mind game strategies and all, but our senior partner is gonna be sitting next to you, he's a curmudgeon, he's gonna break your chops through the whole presentation, But at the very end, the guy said to me, uh, okay, so what are you going to do to help us? How are you going to help us grow our business? I said, oh, that's easy. But I said, but you will never, ever do it. He said, what do you mean I won't do it? What are you suggesting? I said, when I got off the name of your firm was in big gold carved letters over the reception desk. I said, get an orange prison jumpsuit, hang it right off those letters with a big sign that says, we're never going to let you put this on. He said, He said, you're crazy. I said, isn't that what somebody wants? I mean, I was with an an accounting advisor, uh, does presentations all over the place for for tax people. And he said to me, he said, I have a client. I'm waiting for a phone call. He said, this guy called me. said about four months. And this was when they had an amnesty on money that was placed in overseas banks to bring it back with a, a small penalty, but still without really getting in trouble. So he said, uh, he called me up. He said, I put 25 in Switzerland 15 years ago. I said, 25 what? He says, 25 million. He said, so what's my process? He said, if you call the IRS and you tell them that you have this money, they'll make an adjustment. They'll make a recommendation. You'll pay a fine and all, but you'll be able to keep most of your money. He says, and if I don't? He says, if you don't, if they call you, you're going to jail. So we went out to lunch and we came back and he said, well, I, have to give, I have to pick this phone call up. He says, I'm very, very sorry. He said, I hung the phone up. I said, what's that about? He said, he's going to jail. He didn't call him. They called him before he called them. So what's the mistake? I wait too long. I go into an interview without some advice, without some strategy. And I hope that it'll work out. Hope is not a strategy here. And the kind of stuff that I talk about is not what traditional advisors work with people on. That's why the people I work with don't usually talk about me, because they don't want to give their competitive edge away. Dan,
1: That's do you want I know. Doing. I know you're We're short okay. on time. Yeah. I know you're short on time today, Dan, so do you want to talk about your – um? Do you want to talk about the book or the golf program or what do you want to talk about the last couple of minutes?
2: We We put together a client attraction business development program. It ain't about golf, but it's all around golf. So I very quickly say that if you have a client or you're with a company who wants to attract a large group of qualified people as clients, the thing to do is, send me with golf in a subject bar and I will send it back to you. The the bottom line is, is that Everbank in Jersey wanted to get a high profile with Xerox in Virginia. So about six or seven years ago, we put a program together for Xerox. Rather than go to mid-level decision makers who didn't have a wet pen, didn't have any money, had no juice in the company, and for them to pitch you a product, I said, why don't you go right to the CEOs? He said, they'll never come to a presentation. I said, if you guarantee a golfer strokes off his golf game, they're coming. Well, we got 200 CEOs in two days. <laughs> we had room full of all, right? the, the caveat was is that Xerox was not allowed to pitch a product, was not allowed to sell anything, It drove the salespeople crazy, but at the end of the day, when you say to somebody, you can come into our facility, you can't buy anything today. So if you want to bring a client or a prospect, so they use this vehicle as a way to help their clients grow their business. So if you have a client, and I don't care who, I mean, you can talk about major contractors, because you you get somebody who they just want to get in front of the right people. So people, it's not too hard to fill a room with people. Financial advisors do it all the time. They buy steak dinners for people and all. But at the end of the day, are they getting the right people in the room? No. If you strategically you work with me on it, I can show you how to see the people you want in the room and also present something in a dimension that will be outlined in what I send you. So I'll send you what the whole program is. On November fifth, there's a free webinar called Golf in a Mind Game, um, you can tune it. It's free. You just sign up for it. If your company decides that this, they want to get in front of this audience, they can sponsor it. But the whole key about this is that basically we're helping them sell mistakes. That's, that's my phone. Renee, this must be for you. Let me pick it up. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> Dan, every time we're on this call, the phone rings. It's hilarious. This live stream. I know. But I know you have to wrap and it's also the time is um the that you've been breaking up a little bit and so from a okay. from a um volume standpoint. So and I know you have to go you're short on time today. So we will make sure to connect again next week. Um well, and window. Window.
2: let people send
1: in.
2: and if somebody wants to send me a note as fine. Uh, you see, I'm reachable. So when somebody says, I wish I had more information about this, call me up.
1: It's easy. <laughs> Dan is a huge fan of okay. text. You can text him. He texts back
2: immediately. If you text me your email address,
1: he can also coach you on what it's like to have five kids.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's my mommy coach. <laughs> all right Dan so we will see you next week and um anyone that has questions can can follow up so thank you all for being here we're back um with a more consistent schedule now that school is in in session (laughs) and we're all back to work full time and all that good stuff so we will see everyone um Dan we'll see you again next Monday
2: okay good Bye, Chris.
1: Bye, Bye, everybody